Hey there, Super Sober Heroes. It's your host, Sober Steve, the podcast guy. And before we jump into today's episode, I want to take a brief moment to ask for your help to shape the future of gay A. Over the years, this podcast has grown and evolved as I've grown in my sobriety. And recently, I've been investing wild amounts of time, money, and energy to find ways to level up this podcast so it can get heard by the people who need to hear it. I want to take a brief moment to check in with all of you, though, to see what you love about the current show and what could be better as I'm growing and moving forward. In the show notes is a three to five minute survey for you to complete. I kindly ask that you pause this episode and take the time to complete it if you haven't already. You are kind enough to give me 20 to 40 minutes of your time each week when you listen to these episodes, and I want to make sure it's time well spent. So please let your voice be heard. Thanks, SoberPod, and enjoy the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Gay A, a podcast about sobriety for the LGBT plus community and our allies. I'm your host, Steve Bennett Martin. I am an alcoholic, and I am grateful for this amazing opportunity to interview one of my sober mentors. As of this recording, I am 213 days sober, and today we're welcoming the creator and host of the Sober Gay Podcast, Dylan Gay. And yes, that is his real last name. Welcome to the show, Dylan. Hi, thank you. Yes, it is such a pleasure to have you on. I was on your podcast recently, and it was an amazing opportunity because I've been very like transparent. Like when I first started getting sober, your podcast was just a huge part of that. So thank you for agreeing to be on. Oh, of course, of course. I, like I said, I was so excited when I saw your show was even a thing, like coming to be, and it was just so cool just to have more representation for this community. Yes, and for those of you who are not already familiar with you and your podcast, why don't you introduce yourself? Okay, well, my name is Dylan Gay, and I uh, produce and host the Sober Gay Podcast. That's a podcast between me and my friend Aubrey, who is sober as well. And we just kind of talk about everything that is a little on the taboo side and in between, I guess, of sobriety. We like, I like to say it's like the anti AA, but yeah, <laughs> it's not really though, because we really do end up, you know, exploring all those topics as, as well. But yeah, new episodes every week. It's very exciting. We just got our first sponsorship, which is very cool. And yeah, it's really fun to do. Aubrey's amazing. He's been sober for, he has a year on me. So he's coming up on his three years, January 4th. And I have been sober two years as of December 15th. And so it's always, it's, he always gives me like guidance. Like he was my mentor, I would say, because he knew me when I was still, you know, blacking out all the time. And I mean, this one time Aubrey hosted a um, Christmas party and I, (laughs) at the time he had a dog and I was like, Hey, I need to, I'm going to walk your dog like all drunkenly. And I came back with a martini glass and he was like, where did you go? And I'm like, Oh, I took your dog to the bar. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, so like Aubrey has definitely seen like both sides of what's been going on the past couple of years of my life. So he definitely saw the the crazy and now he sees the crazy but sober (laughs) yeah i love your chemistry together it's great oh yes i think it definitely helps that you know we're friends first so you know that kind of helps with the chemistry obviously yeah and can you tell us a little bit more about what your journey with alcohol was like yeah i i was just an all-occasion drinker i i wasn't 
strictly drinking at home. I wasn't strictly drinking with friends. I was just always drinking. So if I was home alone, I was drinking. If I was out with friends, I was making it a drinking thing. And, you know, it was just a, a part of who I was. And it was just when I really boiled down who I am and what my values are as a person and what I believe in and just everything that makes me me, it just kept coming up of how like, that's pretty much all I was, was looking forward to drinking. And when I wasn't drinking, waking up in the morning and, you know, looking, counting down the hours of or minutes until I could drink. And it was just, it was an obsession. It was something that was just not, I wasn't in control. It was, it was in control of me. So it was, you know, December, 2019, it was, I was driving home from work and I had, you know, the same route Every night I would stop at this little place in the little strip mall that had way overpriced wine, but they were open till like midnight. And I would always stop in there and get a bottle of wine. But this particular night, I was like, just don't do it. Just don't do it. And something took over me. It was a force. I pulled into the parking lot. I got a bottle of wine, went home and I sat in silence, drank the whole bottle and it was just miserable. It was such an eye-opening experience though, but it was, I didn't allow myself to enjoy it. I was like, okay, if this is how I'm going to live my fucking life, then I'm going to see what it's like to live it without any other stimulation going on in the room. I'm just going to feel the drink and be one with the drink. And it was horrible. I was, I was just by myself in an apartment with one light on no music playing no TV, no phone, just me and a bottle of wine. And it was, it was really eye opening. And the next day I was like, okay, this time we're going to drive past that liquor store. We're not going to stop. And I didn't stop. And that was the day I was like, okay, I'm back in the fucking driver's seat now because it's not, if I could do that one day, that one, that first step, I could do it another day and another day and another day. And I just knew that it was going to snowball in a progressive way that was going to help me out. And I'm so glad it did. Yeah. Because now, you know, even just two years under my belt is like, I don't want to ever look back, (laughs) you know, like I don't ever want to like go back to that and live that way anymore. It's just, it was so, it was just like jail in, we put it, we put ourselves in that metaphorical jail and it's so freeing to be like, Hey, this whole time I've had the key to the handcuffs and the key to the cell, but I just haven't used it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, I definitely understand that. I mean, what have some of the positive changes been in your life now that you're living sober? I would say my, my general attitude towards life um, is greatly improved after getting sober i began getting very curious as to how my brain worked because you know once you get sober you you're confronted with everything that you've been suppressing for so long and it kind of just smacks you in the face and you have to deal with it and i was like okay i could either just you know wallow in self pity and you know bury myself into this depression or I could just confront everything that's going on. And I, you know, started cognitive behavioral therapy, which I'm a big fan of to just figure out all these beliefs that I had in my head that I've been holding on to for so long 
that, you know, not even necessarily just alcohol related. There were so many layers underneath the alcohol with within that was just messing up, clouding all my judgment. Just so many layers that were just, you know, hidden away that I had to find and see like where they fit in my life respectively or how to get rid of them completely. <laughs> so, yeah, I would say my life since being sober is amazing. I, I've I've learned myself. I've grown with myself. I've figured out who I am again. I don't, I, like I said on one of the episodes, I, I discovered my favorite color mm-hmm. because I had been lying about it for so many years that it just snowballed into like, I've truly believed my old favorite color. <laughs> just mm-hmm. It's like it's little things about myself that like I've know now that are amazing. And you just get so confident in yourself with sobriety because you you just you get to not suppress anything from the past like you would you have to deal with it pretty much you can't get rid of it you can't just say i'm going to drink this away or i'm going to you know you know go out and party no you have to deal with all those thoughts because they're going to be there when you wake up <laughs> yes yes they are and Imagine for a moment that you came face to face with your past self when you were in your active addiction, like at your worst rock middle, as we say, you know, what would you tell your past self in that moment? I would just it's it's so hard because <clears throat> you can't like try to fix anything from the past. And I know like you can't fix anyone who's an alcoholic. It's something you have to feel internally. And for years, I had people that would try to fix me or tell me, you know, you have a problem, you should get help. And I never would. It, it, I had to really have that, you know, as they say, come to Jesus moment where I really just hit me in the face of that. I had had an issue. So if I could go back and tell them, I would just say, you know, just keep doing what you're doing internally, because the thought was always there that I had a problem. It was just how loud that voice could get in my head until I finally listened, hmm. you know, yeah, so I guess I would I just tell my understand. my past self to just like be patient, you know, on this ride, but keep listening to that voice in your head because it it, it has it has meaning and it's it's trying to steer steer you in the right direction. Yeah, and you know, being the host of the sober gay podcast, how do you feel your sexuality played a role in your drinking and your addiction? Well, I always say you know the gay community is sponsored by Absolute Vodka. Yeah, so <laughs> so it's really hard when all the safe spaces that are available to queer people in general are, you know, alcohol centric. It's, it's hard to find your place in this, in, in this community of sober and queer because it's, you know, you can joke around with sober people. You can joke around with queer people. But when you mix the two, it's kind of interesting because it's, they're two niches that don't necessarily mash, you know, because you think about gay people, you think about clubs and boom, boom, boom and music and drinking and nightlife and sex and, you know, parties and drugs. And that's kind of like what we end up getting represented as, you know, as everyday people, you know, we have to, we end up representing that whole community in that way. And people think of us that way and it kind of sucks, <laughs> but being, you know, in the crossover sober and queer, you just kind of have to learn that it's not the norm of what our society is used to. And I have to say, you know, like I come with an asterisk, you know, <laughs> like I have a little like next to me that's like, Oh, sober and gay. Like, 
Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, what's it been like living in the gay community being sober? Yeah, it's fun because I I still get along with people. I still like go to uh, karaoke at the gay bar. Um, and it's fine. It's fun because I, I think my sobriety is what I make it. And if I want to sit there and, you know, focus on other people drinking and being uncomfortable about that, that then I'm not doing myself any service of any internal growth. I'm still doing, I'm still doing it, but all ego based, Mm -hmm. you know, it has to be something for me. So I have no problem going to bars and seeing people take shots and, you know, the shot ladies come around and they'll give my friend shots. I have, I don't get triggered or like bothered by that because I know I'm in my own lane and I'm so confident in myself that I don't, it's not even a, t- a temptation for me because I don't even think it's an option. I'm having fun. And when I'm done having fun, I'm going to go. And that's the best part is I don't have to linger around. I don't feel like I owe anyone anything. And the best thing is I can just disappear and no one even notices half the time. Yeah. Friends, <laughs> like you do the same things like you were doing when you were drinking. You just get to go home earlier. <laughs> yeah, it, exactly. And it's it's so liberating to be in control and have that you know, mental power to be sober in those situations, you start to see the room slide down and, you know, you start to see everyone start to fade a little bit. And then it's like, oh, wow, like for what? I see people are anxious now. They're going to the bathroom every five minutes. They're chain smoking cigarettes now. It's what's the appeal? You know, it's... (laughs) Well, chain smoking cigarettes, that's kind of an appeal. But (laughs) (laughs) you get what I'm saying. (laughs) Yeah. And what inspired you to create a podcast about your sobriety journey? Well, the early parts of my sobriety when I was sober curious. So like right before those days where I was going past that liquor store and not wanting to go in, um, I was searching for some kind of content to listen to. I'm very big on Audible and podcasts, you know, from the start. And I was just looking for some content and I could not find anything for, you know, sober in the gay community or sober in the queer community. And I was Googling everything and I couldn't find anything. So I was like, okay, this is something I, you know, there's a market there. So, you know, later on when I started the show, it was my big influence was thinking back to, you know, when I was in early spry, what I needed and what I was looking for and what I was Googling. And I tried to keep the show so basic, the sober gay, because that's what I was constantly looking for. And I was Googling sober, gay, good, gay, sober, you know, stuff like that. And I couldn't find anything, any listenable content like that. So I was like, fuck it, I'm going to make it. And Aubrey was so down and, and it was so, he was, yeah, he's just been really cool with it the whole thing. And, you know, we just jam pack episodes in like once or twice a month and then release them out, try to change our clothes in between takes. So it looks like it's recorded on different days, (laughs) 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 but sometimes you'll notice my hat will be the only thing that changes. (laughs) Yeah. And what is the experience of having that podcast out in the world been like? And the reception to it. Great. Honestly, over 60 countries we're in, which is crazy to just like look at the stats and see all the people that we touch. And when I get feedback in the emails and DMs and stuff like that, it's just been, it's just, it, it's much more than a paycheck. It's just like, 
it's just fills my heart to know the reception has just been so great. And I've had a couple bad negative, you know, comments here and there, you know, but nothing ever like snowballed into a bad situation, but there definitely is negative, you know, people out there, but I don't, I don't focus on any of those for the most part, unless it's constructive criticism, which I'm always open to. (laughs) Yes. Well, I I found that the the sober gay community has been pretty awesome and welcoming. And so, you know, you you have to look a little bit harder to find it sometimes, but it is out there and it is awesome. Yes, absolutely. Now, do you have as much as podcast creators, we love all of our little children episodes equally. Do you have a favorite episode that you've done so far? I don't even. (laughs) So once I post them after editing, that's pretty much the only time I listen to them. I will say hearing feedback and or well before the feedback the feeling I got after recording one of the episodes was very special. It was the Wild Thoughts episode. Mm-hmm. Um after I just remember after that episode cuz I cry on that episode. I just remember feeling very, you know, liberated that I got that off my chest and, you know, worked through what I had to work through because the show it I started it in such a crucial time of my sobriety, kind of like you, it's, you know, and so I I was very transparent with that journey. And, you know, in that part of my sobriety, I was very vulnerable. And, you know, I talked to Aubrey before, because we had planned on doing a totally different episode that day. And I was like, I can't talk about that. I need to just like say what's on my mind and get this out. And it was kind of like therapy in that moment. And, we just kind of we just ran with it and you know it, it, i think that's probably the one i can think back on as the most memorable at least yeah well i'll have to recheck that one out yeah because <laughs> I, I, I binged i binged them all and so you know going back yes i'll have to go back and find that one again what are some things that you do in your daily life to help keep yourself sober i take care of myself way more i guess starting off with just meditating i do meditate quite a lot honestly i do eat better i still eat like crap here and there but it's not like a binge like i used to do when i would drink but i do definitely take care of my mind and body a little more efficiently not much has changed in like my daily day-to-day except for that drinking is not there i used to always do the things i do now like i would paint i would draw and do all those things when i was drunk and i do it now and i could just last longer and i have more clarity and my work is different, you know, or I'll, you know, play video games or whatever. I still do those same things, but I just, I'm so much better and I, I care about them and I can remember them now. Yeah. It's fun to replay old video games because I would play them when I was so drunk that I didn't remember most of it. So now that I replay them, I'm like, when do I don't remember doing this part or that part? Like, I don't remember any of this. How did I do that? <laughs> like, that- that's happened to me. I haven't had to buy a new video game in so long because I'm going through my backlog and I'm like, uh, uh, you know, I started that when I was like, oh, I, I quit it because it's stupid. It's like, no, it's because I was too drunk through the tutorial to realize what I was doing. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, oh, my God. I like so relate to that, especially with like apps and different things on my phone. Like I would not understand and get so frustrated when I was drunk. And then the next day I'd look at it and be like, oh, my God, it's because I was like, I had a pop-up window that I didn't see the little X or whatever, you know, I was yeah. trying to click through it the whole time or something like something so simple and stupid, mm-hmm. but yeah. 
Yeah, and I'm interested to hear your answer to this because so oftentimes many of our guests like come from the 12 step programs where they kind of feed us like different mantras and quotes to live by. But do you have any sayings that you've just discovered on your own that you you love to live by to help keep you sober? Hmm. It's so big. I mean, they say in AA, take it one step at a time. What do they say? Day by day or one day at a time. One day at a time. Yeah, I I do repeat stuff like that a lot in my head if it if I feel you know, weak, but I don't have those weak moments really. The the most recent one I can honestly think of is I had a dream not too long ago. I had this reoccurring dream where um it's happened ever since I got sober that I have it's like this it's it's so hard to explain. It's like I have another version of me that's in the dream world that drinks. Mm-hmm. And it's like I can't tell awake sober Dylan that I'm doing it. And it's, it's this weird dream where I'm trying to hide drinking from myself and like I'll like make sure my vision is above when I'm trying to take a drink so I can't see it. But in the dream, I know what I'm doing. It's just very strange. I do have that dream every now and then. And I just had it not too long ago, actually. And I wake up and I always wake up like, oh, my God, did I? what just happened? And, you know, you, when you first wake up and you're kind of fuzzy. I'm like, did I drink? Like, what? What? I'm so confused. I'm not hungover. Like, what's going on? But yeah, I think that's yeah the last time I thought of that even. Yeah, I. it's interesting because I, I was one that I would drink so heavily that like I didn't have dreams or like if I did dream, I like I didn't remember when I woke up. So like now that I'm sober and I have dreams, it's been ex- interesting. But then like having those drinking nightmares is also just not as fun. And <laughs> it is something that, you know, we go through. It's I've woken up and like, did I relapse in my sleep? Nope. I just yeah. had a nightmare. Yeah. It's so scary. <laughs> yeah. Well, as we wrap up, how can listeners find you and your amazing podcast? Well, just do what I did when I was at my lowest and search the sober game. <laughs> Yes. But now something will actually pop up. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all the good stuff. Um on Instagram at the Sober Gay Podcast, thesobergay.com, the Sober Gay, the Sober Gay. How many times should I say it? Let's yes. See. I'll make sure to add them all into the show notes so people can just <laughs> swipe around to see those and click on over then. Love that. Yes. Thank you so much, Dylan. And thank you, listeners, for listening. Please make sure you rate and review if you found this information. If you're interested in sharing your story, getting involved with the show, or just saying hi, please email me at gayapodcast at gmail.com. And be sure to follow us wherever you're listening so you get new episodes when they come out every Monday and Thursday. And until that time, stay sober, friends.